Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show where, in the words of Amy Winehouse, every week it gets worse. My name is Christy. And my name is Illumide. And this is the Big Empty Purse Podcast. I've had lots of pets, so I've had lots of pets die. In the arms of the <laughs> angels. <laughs> So shall I tell our listeners the reference from the intro or should we let them look it up themselves? Please let them know. (laughs) If you didn't know to start with, the name for this podcast comes from the Amy Winehouse song, Fuck Me Pumps, where she's describing a woman walking around with her big empty purse. And for this woman, every week it gets worse. So speaking of it getting worse, Illuminate, what have you been up to? Let me tell you, it has gotten worse. (laughs) (laughs) I was going through it last week and the week before this week. Oof. I'm pasteurized by it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to dance it out and I'm going to laugh about it, but Jesus, this fucking week is rough. But I have, since the last time you've heard from us, consumed content. And it has been another gay movie. Yes. Gay movie, Christmas movie. It's featuring the Bend and Snap lady. I keep forgetting her name. I love her. Oh, what's her name? Jennifer something. Jennifer Jennifer Coolidge. Look at us. I I love, 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 love Jennifer Coolidge. It's featuring her. There are these two roommates who have been best friends for a very long time. And they're secretly in love with each other. And they go on holiday to one of their parents' house for the holidays. So he just lies to his family that his roommate who's coming to spend Christmas with them is the boyfriend. That way they stop asking questions. They find out that it's not the boyfriend. They pressure them to get it together anyway. And it's a happy ending story, whatever, whatever. I know you're not going to watch this movie, so there's no reason for me to even keep the spoilers from you. It's a good movie. The one who plays the best friend, he's extremely attractive, but that's that on that. Gay content, I love it for everybody. A Second thing I did is I continued watching Succession. I think I finished it by now. I think I, I must have seen the last episode of the current season. I really like it. I don't think it's as good as the previous two seasons, but it's not like a, a steep drop off that it's stupid. I think it's like maybe a hair not as good but it's the, the writing is still excellent i still really stand by this show i think it's a great show uh, of course i'm not gonna spoil that for anybody but i started watching euphoria i started the first episode mm. and when i tell you it's giving me 13 reasons why is that a good thing or a bad thing in my mind a bad <laughs> thing but i only watch like the first 10 minutes i don't even really know what euphoria is except that tiktok seems to assume that i either watch it or will soon watch right. it right 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 it's in the pop culture zeitgeist everybody's talking about euphoria zendaya i think does a really good job so i've heard but what i'm trying to say is since around 2013 every juvenile high school drama or tv show has tried to portray high schoolers as having so much depth in addition to just having angst so they tried to have them written as very complex characters the problem is the actors that they typically hire to play these roles may not have the acting chops to play that much depth right prior to 2013 most of the high school dramas have been tongue-in-cheek but um if you think about the mean girls if you think about the glees it's been kind of that now it's all dark gloom angst which is fine i love that kind of stuff but i'm like if you're gonna do it you gotta really hire the kind of actors that can carry those parts so in the first 10 minutes is giving the very 13 reasons why i'm hoping that they do do better i wasn't able to judge whether or not it's good or bad it just i've seen that set up before if a lot of people think it's good i'm sure it's better than average me say like i i need to finish it to be able to say if i agree with them or disagree with them but i'm sure it's good that's that on that anyway that's what i've been up to what have you been up to since the last episode i have been still going through it do not get me wrong do not hear what i am not saying i'm still going through it but maybe like slightly less slightly less <laughs> i made something in a slow cooker today like the nut the amount of like mental energy it takes to remember thinking about dinner in the morning 
happening. Oh, like, wow. The fact that that's happening. It was a bunch of shit in cans that I just like dumped all in the slow cooker. <laughs> and the fact that you started in the morning is very, very much impressive. Right? I love that for you. Would you look at that? I'm doing the bare minimum. <laughs> so last episode, I talked about the final season of The Expanse. And at that point, I had watched all but the last episode where they were trying to wrap up a story that spans nine novels in six seasons. So they were trying to wrap it up in a smaller number of episodes and sort of not acknowledging the fact that there are three more books which would theoretically translate to three more seasons. Wow. So I didn't have I didn't have high hopes going in even though the first 5 episodes of the season had been excellent there were just all of these things that it was like, there's no way they can wrap it up. Hmm. I will say, they did a better job than I thought they could have. Wow. It was a really good episode. It actually shockingly didn't feel rushed, and it managed to resolve a lot of things. It was fun. It was exciting. So, better than expected. But. But. <laughs> but you may also remember, my main concern was that the it's a sci-fi show, and the whole thing started on the note of finding alien life for the first time. Mm-hmm. And... That kicks off a lot of different, like, social things, relationship things, political things, and a lot of those sort of internal storylines all got resolved in this final episode. But when I tell you the alien life thing, they did exactly what I was worried they would do. And they were like, meh, don't worry about it. (laughs) Literally, 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 in the last scene, the, like, two main characters are talking, and they had, like, just, like, there was this nice outcome, and the good guys won, da-da-da. I mean, I'm not gonna give too many spoilers, but they're sitting there together, and one of them is like, oh, but that alien life thing is still out there somewhere, and the other one is like, just, like, save that for another day. Like, just literally be happy about this moment. Literally. They wrote it in <laughs> we're to just be like, like, let's not worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if these motherfuckers don't make a movie, I'm burning Jeff Bezos' house down. I mean... I, the list of reasons to burn his house down is long. I also watched the movie Encanto, the Disney movie, which, before I go any further, I am not a Disney adult. Oh. I am not. <laughs> Disclaimer. Do not take me for one of those. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed this movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a movie that's set in Colombia about this family that all have sort of magic powers, and the main character is played by Stephanie Beatriz, who I love. That was main of the one of the main reasons I was convinced to watch it. She's probably best known for playing Rosa Diaz on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a musical. The music was done by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which it shows and it's awesome. And it's also like a very cute, wholesome story. And they managed to do a lot of character development for like all of the characters across the board, even in like a relatively short movie. So I was very impressed with it. I really enjoyed it. Okay. So since we lost so badly last week at Higher or Lower, we've decided to try a new game. (laughs) That's the lesson, kids. If at first you don't succeed, quit. So this week's game is called Known For. So on IMDb, on each actor's page, it displays four projects, movies, TV shows, etc., that that actor is best known for. So we're going to play a game where we pick an actor and try to guess those four things. In theory, those four things are their four most popular things, but because algorithms are dumb and this is decided by IMDb's algorithms, they're not always straightforward. And also, I don't have a very good memory or the pop culture knowledge that Illuminate does. Oh, I'm going to fail at this. <laughs> I'm already telling you this ahead of time. We're going to swap back and forth. Illuminate is going to try and guess the four things that Jessica Chastain is best known for. Sorry, just so I understand and I'm clear on this, I'm going to tell you an artist that I supposedly know a lot about and you're going to ask me to guess the four things that they're best known for and vice versa. You're going to tell me an artist that you supposedly know a lot about and I'm going to ask you to guess the four things that they're best known for and then we'll verify each other's guesses and then we'll get points. What's the point system? Yes. So here's how the scoring works. If you can guess it right with no hints, any one of the three, you get three points. If you can't guess, I will give you a hint, which is the year of the project. (laughs) 
If you guess it right with that hint, you get two points. If you still can't get it, the next hint you get is a co-star in the movie. So if you can get it right with the year and the co-star, you get one point. And after that, you lose. <laughs> oh my god, so I'm we're trying to, to lose. get as many as we can. So wait, I have to guess all four? I don't get any points if I guess some of the four? Oh no, you get partial credit. Oh my god. Okay, Absolutely. Okay, okay. Big believer in partial credit. All right, all right, all right. All no, we're going to see which of us gets more points. <laughs> so wait. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, like, you're, I can only give you my four best guesses to start. I can't, like, just start listing everything, hoping something is going to stick. I can only give you four guesses at a time. Oh no, you can guess as many things as you want. Oh, okay. All right. Jessica Chastain. So, top four Jessica Chastain. What most people know Jessica Chastain for, I think, is Molly's Game, where she played across from Idris Elba. So that better be one of them. It is. Three points. Good. <laughs> Another, okay, my favorite Jessica Chastain role that she's played so far is Miss Sloan. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah, the second one I'm saying that I like a yes. lot is Miss Sloan. Mm. That is not in her top four, according to IMDb. Oh, fuck IMDb. IMDb's a raggedy <laughs> bitch. Oh my god, now I'm mad as fuck. I'm already losing. She was in the next men movie. I think it was called Dark Phoenix or something. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is in this top four? Um, okay, she was also in this other movie that Ava. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Ava's not up there. Um, 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 she was Matt Damon, Martian, Martian. No. Nope. Interstellar? Yes. Okay. That is one. You know what? <laughs> IMDb is doing some nonsense because yes. how the fuck did any of those movies not make it in? Okay, I might, I might need your help with a hint. Of the two remaining projects, one was in 2012 and one was in 2011. Oh, wow. They must have picked her early work just by default. Okay. So her a co-star... She was also in that stupid movie, uh, the Snow White movie, Snow White and the Huntsman, but like, I don't think that should count. It's... <laughs> it... <laughs> Well, it's not on there. Okay. A co-star in her 2012 movie was Jason Clark. Who the fuck is Jason Clark? <laughs> <laughs> and a co-star in her 2011 movie is Brad Pitt. I'll give you more. Brad Pitt and Sean Penn in this 2011 one. She was in a movie with two heavy heaters that I haven't seen. <laughs> I don't know. Looks like it. Is it Lawless? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think I know this. Brad Pitt and Sean... When I get off this fucking episode, I'm going to go watch the Brad Pitt and Sean Penn double feature. I, I have to see this. Okay, you know what? I might have to give up because I'm now getting annoyed. How did they not put her top heavy hitting movies in the top four? Uh, what is this? I will say one of these I would have guessed... No, I, I would have guessed. One of these I think I could have guessed. The other one I definitely would not have gotten. So the 2012 movie with Jason Clark is Zero Dark Thirty. I have n I don't even know what the fuck that is. I mean, it's because it's... A war movie it was one of those post september 11th like showing how bad slash still glorifying the war in iraq like, i wouldn't have seen that one i'm, I'm yeah it was one oh, of those God. and the other one with brad pitt and sean penn is the tree of life which i have never heard of why would they put the two movies nobody has ever heard of in her top four <laughs> I've heard of Zero Dark Thirty, and apparently The Tree of Life was nominated for three Oscars. I've never heard of this movie. I have to see these two movies. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you to guess the top four works of Sigourney Weaver. Love Sigourney Weaver, and I'm still going to fail at this. <laughs> Although, okay, let's get it out of the way. Alien. One of them's yeah, yeah, yeah. Alien. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and just to get the guesses out of the way, are any of the Alien sequels on there? Is a Well, Aliens, I guess I should say, like, is Aliens on this there? This is some bullshit, because yes. <laughs> That is some bullshit. I thought they might pull that bullshit. <laughs> this is not fair <laughs> to like yeah, to you. <laughs> it is, so yeah, you get another. Yeah, you, you just guess two. Sorry, sorry. You actually have to say the name, right? Right. I have to okay. say which the sequel name. do you think is? So I remember the first sequel is mm -hmm. Aliens. Well, let me guess the the reason I thought of her in the first place, which uh, is a movie I just saw for the first time recently, which highly recommend. Very funny is a uh, Galaxy Quest. It's, it's Galaxy not on Quest here, there. but good to know that you loved it. Ah, bummer. It's very good. <laughs> It's... <laughs> Why do I suddenly feel like I've never seen a single thing she's done? Oh, 
What is the name of the other Alien movie? Do you want me to give you a hint? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, tell me the The sequel of Alien that um, is the second one on the list is... Was released in 1997. Not helpful, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> what's the What's the year of the other one that I haven't guessed? Actually, you'll, you've only guessed one, technically. Oh, wait. is are, are Alien and Aliens are not... Wait, so which two have I guessed already? You've only guessed one, my dear. But you said, is the second one that's on here Alien? I said yes, and I was about to give you the point, but you didn't actually say the full name. It's not just Alien. One is alien and the other is alien something else. I thought it was just, a oh no, I said, well, maybe I have it wrong. But the first one is alien. The second one is aliens, plural. Oh, no, right? no, 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 no. That's not what's on here. Oh, there's one called aliens, plural. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the second one? Maybe I'm wrong. It's not, that's not what this is. That's not, oh my God. Oh God. Uh, do you want to know the co-stars? Yes. The co-stars for the other sequel to Alien. Winona Ryder. Ron Perlman is in here. This is the one, which year is this? This is 88? No, no, this is or 1997. Is, oh, I must know this. It's somewhere in my brain. Oh no. <laughs> the co-stars for the one that's released in 1988 that's on this list is Brian Brown, Julie Harris, John Malouie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know any of these people. Maggie O'Neill. Okay, now this is starting to get into like middle billing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've read the whole cast at this point. Oh man. At least you managed to name like a lot of Jessica Chastain things. My brain is literally like I've never seen Sigourney Weaver in a single thing. But there's one movie that's in this top four okay. that I haven't said anything about. The one that was released in 2009. The co-stars for that one. You might get it right as soon as I tell you. I wouldn't even tell you the director because you would just completely get it right there. All right, the co-stars are, pay attention to me saying her name, Zoe Saldana. Oh, Avatar, Avatar. Yay! Avatar, that's right. Oh my gosh, she was an Avatar. I forgot that. I'm going to give up because I really thought the sequel was called Aliens, plural. <laughs> Watch IMDb have some shit that it was like the, the third one. Yeah. All right, so the other two, I'll start with the 1988 one, which I didn't even expect you to know. It's called Gorillas in the Mist. Gorillas in the Mist? IMDb. And the what? other Alien one from 1997 is Alien Resurrection. Oh, come on. <laughs> alien Resurrection. That is it just called Aliens and cold. IMDb just listed as Resurrection? These motherfuckers. Alien Resurrection is the fourth Alien movie. Wow. So you have Alien, then Aliens, then Alien Cubed. Is that how you say this? I think I've only seen Alien and Aliens. And then there's Alien Resurrection. IMDb. Why did they pick the first Alien and the fourth Alien? You know what? So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about pets. Illuminate, do you have any pets right now? I don't think you I've do. I've never had a pet, my right? dear. Never? I'm way too irresponsible. Never, ever? Ever, ever. <laughs> I, not even a fucking fish. I, <gasps> first of all, I grew up poor. My parents weren't going to, they weren't going to let me have <laughs> the pet that I, they had to pay to take care of. They weren't doing that. Oh man, my history of pets is long and storied. <laughs> storied. So currently I have a dog named Beaker. He is a Panasonic dog. We adopted him in May of 2020. But growing up, the first pets were fish because that's easy. And, you know, for whatever reason, it's one of those pets that like people don't really care if they die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they give them to children for like their first pet because like the, the child is going to kill it. But it's like not a big deal. And hopefully they feel like just bad enough about it that they learn some responsibility. Poor, Poor fish. fish. I had fish when I was in like elementary school. And then I had hamsters. So many hamsters. Uh, we had bearded dragons, like the lizards. The hamsters, we had a bunch of hamsters because me, my sister, my stepsister, and my stepbrother for Christmas one year each got a hamster. And PetSmart told us that these were four female hamsters. So we put them in the cage together. And as it turns out, we had two male and two female hamsters. So very soon we had about 20 Surprise. hamsters. <laughs> we had 
just a fuck ton of hamsters. What do you do with all of them? We would just give them to anyone. We were going to all of our friends, like, please, God, take a hamster. <laughs> take a like, hamster. Like, anyone we talked to, we were like, do you want a hamster? Like, please take one of these hamsters. <laughs> you could have just, like, let them out into it, the wild. No, we didn't let, we didn't let them out all into right, the wild. Well. But we had dogs. We didn't get dogs until I was in about high school. We didn't go adopt a dog. A dog showed up on our back porch and we kept it. So <laughs> Somebody's we dog went missing. You guys just had it. <laughs> This dog's name was Chester. He was a Yorkshire Terrier and he showed up in our back porch in the middle of a storm and my mom brought him inside and I thought she had brought in like a raccoon. It did not look like a oh, dog. No. It, he was like matted and covered in mud and just like, I was like, it did not register that it was a dog. I was like, why did you just go grab out in the storm and grab a wild animal and bring <laughs> it to your house? But yeah, it turned out he had been with a family who moved and left him and he became our dog. So those were all family pets and then the first pet that I got as an adult myself was a rabbit, actually, because we weren't home enough to have a dog. So we got a rabbit named Satchmo. And after Satchmo passed away, we got Beaker. R.I.P. Satchmo. Okay, so all these pets that you just listed, my dear, you listed a lot of pets. Uh, <laughs> what responsibility yes. <laughs> did you have for all of those pets? Actually, a lot of them, especially the ones that were at my mom's house. So the hamsters we were totally responsible for, cleaning the cage, feeding them, everything. The fish we were responsible for, which is why the fish died. <laughs> um, <laughs> But <laughs> Chester was like my dog, though. Like, I did everything for Chester. We even groomed him, which was not... He, ooh, it was ugly. It was bad. His haircuts. Ooh. <laughs> but again, we were poor. We're not bringing the dog to the groomer. I'm just taking a pair of scissors to him. He was hideous. I should send you some pictures. Poor Chester. But I think that was part of the reason of having pets, at least to our parents, was like, teach the kids responsibility because they have to take care of the pet. Okay, well, I would argue a more efficient way is to just leave the child to their own devices and let them take care of themselves. They'll learn that way too. Lives are at stake either way. <laughs> <laughs> so... Y'all thought you were, look, every single episode, that childhood trauma is going to just jump out. It's going to jump out. The way I'm looking at it and thinking about it in my head, I think the kinds of families who give their kids pets are families that are somewhat stable. And when I say somewhat stabilized in like there's a unit that will function. The pet stays here. The kids stay here. The kids take care of the pet who stay here. I didn't grow up like that. I moved around <laughs> quite a lot. The idea of having a pet didn't cross anybody's mind. I was going to be gone in a few months. Like <laughs> It didn't cross my mind, not there. I mean, I was never in a stable enough place long enough to actually even be considered to have a pet that I could even take care of. I was worried about taking care of myself when I went to the next place. So fuck that pet. <laughs> I did learn the responsibility yeah. though, because yes, you are right. A life was at stake, my own. But yeah. I think I would, I would have loved to have had a pet as a kid. And now as an adult, the time where I would have either benefited from learning responsibly from having a pet has passed. If I didn't learn it then, I'm not learning it now. And second is, my life is in full swing Roman holiday. I'm jumping from pillar <laughs> yeah. to post, from frying pan to fire. I don't have the stability now. I didn't then, yeah. but I definitely don't have it now to stay and take care of a pet. It just, I'll, I'll need an extra set of hands. And I don't, I can't afford to be signing checks for that either, so. I know when I was in grad school, there was a time, it was like a year or two in where everyone started having the same crisis at the same time. And we all reacted to it. Like everyone had to get glasses at the same time. Like all of our eyesight went to shit. Everyone like cut off all their hair because they just like needed control over something in their <laughs> life. And everyone got pets. But because no one had time, everyone got cats. But my husband is allergic to cats. And that's why we got the rabbit. You know what I learned? That guy who does all the animal videos. By the way, <gasps> that guy is great. great. Like after Lil Nas X, it's him. I need to jump inside his DMs. Anyway, I think I learned from him that <laughs> people are technically not allergic because people think they're allergic to cat hair, but they're not actually allergic to cat hair. They're allergic to cat saliva. Mm -hmm. And because cats clean themselves by licking themselves, the saliva is all over them. And that's what most people are 
allergic to. But yeah, that's what I learned. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I've never had a pet, so I've never had to learn that. <laughs> How do you know if your pets understand you? If I were a pet, I don't speak your language. I live in your house. I eat your food. I shit on your couch. Yeah. <laughs> How do I communicate with you? And at, at what point do you realize that when I respond yeah. to you, that I'm starting to understand you? Yeah, it's a good question. Some pets, I feel like, like hamsters, I don't think are smart. <laughs> To, I, I don't think I ever saw a hamster do something where I was like, wow, they just, like, I imparted something to them and they are responding because they understand. Like, no, I don't think hamsters are smart enough no. for that. <laughs> and it is hard to know if they really understand you or you're just projecting onto them. Satchmo, our rabbit, it was very interesting because rabbits are not vocal animals at all. They'll make a yelling noise if they're like, really like their life is being threatened, but otherwise they make no sound at all, verbally. All the communication with rabbits is body language, pretty much. The only other thing they'll do is they thump their foot on the ground. Sorry, you know what just popped in my head? The Jason Derulo song. No speak <laughs> <the> language. <laughs> Put your booty down and explain it. <laughs> oh my Sorry, God. carry on. Poetry, poetry. poetry. <laughs> After a while, it was so weird that you just like understand the way it was reacting, even though our, it was a teeny tiny, like our rabbit was like three pounds. But one thing it would do is like, it would turn its back when it was upset. So we would do that back to it. Like, and we, we managed to train the rabbit. Did you know, for example, you can litter box train a rabbit like you do a cat. Wow. So if you're used to having dogs, an animal does something you don't want, you say like, no, it, the rabbit's not a vocal animal. So like, it doesn't understand that. So you would do things like turning your back on it and then it knows you're upset at it. Uh -huh. And we, we managed to litter box train it yeah so the rabbit like i feel like sort of understood the dog is a lot more interesting he definitely understands and responds to things so beaker is very food motivated so he's pretty trainable <laughs> i love that <laughs> he knows lots of tricks he can do sit lay down up spin paw and play dead so he understands the words for those but he actually responds a lot better to hand signals for all of those mm. but he he's very fast but he also understands when we want him to do a trick because sometimes even before we give him any command he realizes like oh god they want me to do a trick i'll get food and then he'll just start doing them like he'll just start rattling off tricks he knows <laughs> he just like spins or just like gives him the paw <laughs> like the old razzle dazzle <laughs> like and I don't know how he knows this, but I swear to God, he can be like two rooms over, walk in the guest bathroom. He doesn't see you in the guest bathroom. You get the clippers, you leave, you walk up to him. Clippers are like in a pocket. You can't even see them. And he knows. <laughs> he knows. He starts like, he'll, his ears will go down and he'll hunch over. He starts walking off. I'm like, how do you know? So sometimes the dogs, it's like AI. Like you don't realize like you're, they've learned something, but it wasn't really what you meant to teach them. <laughs> So to get Beaker to come up on the bed at night, we would just like pat the bed and say bed and he would get in the bed. But we figured out that bed just means jump up on the thing. So we can make him jump up on oh, anything. anything, but the word is bed. <laughs> so like, it'll, it'll be outside and it's like a rock and be like bed and he'll jump up on the rock. <laughs> uh, he's equated jumping up to the bed to the word bed, which means jump. So anything you point to and you say bed, he's on there. Bed, yeah. I love it. Wow, that's actually interesting. I guess that's the same thing with kids. You never actually know. There's some words that, yeah, you just learn some words based on the way it was used. And then later you realize, oh, that could be used for X number of other ways. Yeah, I see. That's really interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. So there's there's a way of communicating and there's some understanding, but there's definitely some some miscommunications, which are pretty funny. I see. I'm wondering, I'm wondering <laughs> if there are any animals that can actually start to... I know parrots might be one of them, where not only can they mirror the sounds, they can actually start to comprehend the words that you put together to get some meaning the way we would for language. Mm. Yeah. How do you decide what your pets eat and how much? 
With Beaker, we just get him the bougie dog food and follow the instructions on the bag. <laughs> I love it. But of course, he's got to have the like bougie wilderness grain-free duck-flavored dog food because that's who we are. We're millennials <laughs> and the dog is the child and we're bougie. It just it just is. And he gets pumpkin on his food for fiber. Part of a balanced dog Wait, diet. Wait, you just you just <laughs> you just go get you just go get like pumpkin the squash and you just put it in front of his face. Mm-hmm. Like canned pumpkin, like you would. Oh, you put it they in with sell canned. Food. Oh, I see, yeah. I see, I see. I don't. I, I hear people say wet food, but I'm assuming that's what you're saying. Like the pumpkin comes in like a can that's like wet, and you just pour it out. Yeah, so we give him. We have like dry kibble, and he gets a scoop of the like canned pureed pumpkin in there. The side, side dish. dish. <laughs> and he eats all of it. He doesn't pick what he likes best and leave everything else. No, because some dogs are very picky like that. He doesn't care. He'll just wolf it all down. If I had a picky pet, that pet would starve. Yeah, because I definitely see people with their pets where they'll like bend over backwards like and do everything so they're like oh they won't eat otherwise and like they would like if they're hungry enough they'll eat i like, saw <laughs> this tiktok where this pet wants to eat the way their humans eat so it would wait for you to prepare to at least pretend like so you can just open the can and slap the food into a bowl you'd have to go to the kitchen counter do a little spin move the can from one hand to the other you do a little shimmy you stretch stretch <laughs> and then you go put it in its bowl then it eats it if you don't do all that bullshit the pet will look at the food and walk away <laughs> I'm like, my dear, that pet isn't hungry enough. And all the other pets. How about all the other pets? What, how'd you decide what they ate? The hamsters were also easy. They just eat like pellets. The bearded dragons, I'm actually, they were surprisingly good pets. They were fun, but I'm actually quite glad we didn't live with them full time because the bearded dragons ate crickets with like live crickets. You have to go buy those? Yeah. So if you're ever curious, you can go to PetSmart and buy a box of live crickets and you just like throw some crickets in there and they they lizards go catch them it was not uh, having like a bunch of live crickets is not ideal well one time we were bringing the crickets home and the box tipped over in the car get out and the crickets went everywhere because they're all alive it was a minivan there was so much space they just went so you couldn't give them dead crickets nope they wanted live crickets what if you gave them a dead cricket they just wouldn't eat i feel like they'd eat it eventually i guess but i guess it's part of their like satisfying like their desire to hunt things i don't know as an adult i would not choose this as a pet (laughs) how about the and then the rabbit the rabbit ate hay which you would think is not a big deal except there's something about hay it gets everywhere absolutely everywhere you you cannot like we were trying to get hay out of our house for months and months after the rabbit had passed away and all the hay was supposed to be gone from our house it gets everywhere i have a stupid question when you feed the rabbit (laughs) is it like a dog where you have all the food in one spot and you just take the rabbit to the food and then when the rabbit is done eating you move the food away from the rabbit or does the rabbit just stay in the enclosure with the food at all times and just continues to eat when they feel like it they have hay all of the time he would the rabbit would get pellets like once or twice a day but mostly there was food all of the time rabbits eat like constantly they're just like always always eating the amount of hay that like three pound creature could go through was astounding fiber (laughs) yeah (laughs) when any of your pets died how did you grieve had lots of pets so i've had lots of pets die at this point in the arms (laughs) of the angels (laughs) it really is pretty wild you said something similar to this earlier it is interesting that people give their kids pets as a way to teach responsibility because like the consequence of them not being responsible which kids are not responsible which is why they're learning it is that the pet dies yeah which is it's it's pretty wild that we're like "Eh, this animal is meaningless enough that that we can let the kid kill it to learn something i mean i sort of understand the thinking but it's kind of weird to actually like lay it out there the fish dying was no big deal the hamsters dying was sad my sister had this hamster named cappuccino that must have been the longest lived hamster she used to feed the hamster m&ms and like spaghetti noodles. That's why. And that hamster lived for so long. 
It outlived three of mine. We got cappuccino and latte, my hamster, at the same times. Latte died. I got another hamster named Frappuccino. Frappuccino died. I got another hamster named Smirnoff because apparently I was old enough to name it after alcohol at that point. <laughs> Smirnoff died. And then Cappuccino finally died. Wow. Our family dogs passing away was really tough. And Stachmo, our rabbit, passing away was really, really tough because he was the first pet that we had gotten like as an adult. But the only the only specific thing I can really think of that I did to grieve was for Satchmo, our rabbit. I don't know, grief is funny. Like you never know exactly what form it was gonna take. With Satchmo, I decided to make a photo album. Hey. <laughs> it was like very, like Shutterfly, very extra hardcover photo album. All of the photos I had of this rabbit, which I don't regret. It was actually really nice. It was just like not what I expected. I expected to just kind of be sad and not be like, I have to do a project. Right. I made a map for the photo album of all the places he had traveled. It actually been a surprising number of places for a rabbit. That's a well-traveled rabbit. I, I did know I did know a couple. They happen to love greyhounds. So they like they always had a greyhound and they've like they've been together for a very long time. So I think they at that point I'd been on their like third greyhound. They just had the ones who passed cremated into jars and the jars just sat on the mantle in the living room. Because like I, I almost knocked Ugh. one over. It was like a shrine actually. It had like photos and everything beside that. Oh. And then they had they had another greyhound right there just looking at the ashes of the ones before. <laughs> I was like what is happening here? But you know what? It's, it's great. I, I love it for them. I love it. I don't know. Yeah I don't know about putting that in your living room. Like I guess I understand wanting to, to keep them. Like we have Satchmo's ashes. I don't know that I want to like display it. And be like, hello, welcome to my home. Look at my dead pets. <laughs> the way my brain works, it didn't compute in my head. But I know that yes. you can never, like like you said, grief happens the way it happens. But I, I still, I respected it. I loved it. I was like, this is great for you guys. I must know. Have you ever lost a pet? I know you've gained a pet because someone else lost it. But Oh, like had a pet run away? Oh, yeah. Not lost it to mm. death. <laughs> lost it to death. <laughs> Not really. I did one time, like when I was a kid, kid, we also had snails in the tank uh -huh. and one morning we woke up and there was like a little flip top on the fish tank uh -huh. and the flip top was open and there was like a trail of snail slime down the outside of the tank uh-huh <laughs> so one of the snails got out and we never found it you couldn't just follow the slime was... to where it was they couldn't have gone far no once it got like on the carpet oh shit find... yeah the carpet would have soaked. we couldn't find where it went and this that was like the middle of the night so that just disappeared like you would think we would find it in a corner or something the hamsters regularly got out of their cage hamsters are one of i mean rabbits are sort of like this too where they can squeeze through these insanely small spaces so they would get out all the time but we would just find them like hiding in a corner somewhere yum chester my dog chester tried to run away every time you opened the door because he was not very smart god bless him but he never did it because we always knew he was gonna do it but if you slipped for a second he would run out the door if a pet wants to run away that badly my dear take to the streets <laughs> i my high heels i can't be running after pets in this no you just go, go ahead my dad and my stepmom just got two new puppies and they got these collars for them that have like a gps yeah, in case those. they get lost it also works as like a step tracker like a like a fitbit or like an apple watch so he, my dad will be like whoa cooper got more steps than ovi today <laughs> you know i do like that i'm so happy oh, that the technology has gotten so far that like if you do lose a pet i, I have seen like um because i think the pets don't mean to run away like the way children run away, like they hate their families mm -hmm. or whatnot they're just curious to know what's out there so they're just so Right. excited to go see it i know that i saw a tiktok of like some dog just literally just running around like peeing on pine trees like way 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 down a couple of streets and the person doing the tiktok was like look we see that the, the whatever dog is on this street and they pull up to the dog and the dog is just sitting there like like they, did, they didn't detest them they were just like they were just out for a joyride but as soon as the, the pet realized it was them and they opened it like, get in here the pet just got in there and i was like oops sorry <laughs> i thought it was funny yeah but. i really feel for people who that happens to that would be devastating just for them to like go missing and not know right. 
they're okay. Like, oh man. That would be rough. You haven't really had pets, but what is a pet you would like to have? One that is very little responsibility, who is extremely friendly. So many things are gonna have to be in place for me to even have a pet, but mm -hmm. I like dogs because dogs are friendly. I also don't like dogs because of the responsibility of taking care of them. Cats, I think might be slightly more clever, but then they're peeing in the house and there's a litter box that just smells. I think pigs are extremely clever, but I don't even know how having a pig is going to work. So I don't know. Of all three though, I think a dog might be, I'll just try to get a dog that's the most clever dog ever. I would literally need to buy shoes for the dog because I'm not taking the dog for walking like outside. House. Yeah, no, because the dog, I think dogs, I need to go for a walk. So if I take a dog for a walk and then dog just like treks all the outside back on their paws inside the house, and I'm not going to be out here trying to wash the dog's feet every time we come back in the house. I'm just going to put shoes on that dog every time we go out for a walk and then I'm taking the shoes back off when we walk in the house. Like humans do. Like what the fuck? I'm not yeah. sweeping and mopping because the house just because true. this dog chose to. I also don't want it to shed because again, I can't sweep five times a day. Just and if I see the hair, it's going to bother me. My dear, I live in a city, so the dog has to know how to manage in a small space. <laughs> Yeah, yep. <laughs> but besides all those very minimal <laughs> complaints, yeah, a dog. If you wanted more pets, what kinds of pets would you consider? Honestly, at this point, just dogs. Like, they are, like, a, a good bit of responsibility, like you said. But having had all of those other random animals, a dog, I feel like, really adds a lot. Mm. Like, you get a lot back from a dog and, like, really enjoy, like, doing activities for with him. Like, Beaker loves to swim. Like, we love, like, taking a day and, like, going out to the dog park and he swims and we, like, sit outside. There's, like, a lot, a lot to do with him. I feel like he understands us. Other pets, it sometimes just feels like a, a cute thing, but it's just, like, a lot of responsibility. Also, anything that's not a dog or a cat, the vet bills oh, yeah. are awful because it's a specialty vet. They're like trained specifically in things like you have to search around to find a specialty vet and they are much more expensive. Even a rabbit is considered like an exotic pet. So, oh shit. I mean, not that dog and cat vet bills are cheap, but right. as soon as it's an exotic animal, forget it. If that pet coughs the wrong way, <laughs> in the arms of the angel, I. <laughs> that's the end. So, how do you feel about pet costumes? I don't want to like them, but they're really cute. <laughs> And there we have it. If I got a pet, I would dress that shit. It would be serving looks. Yeah. Looks, my dear. As I'm serving looks, in fact, I will buy matching looks for it. The day I wear a turtleneck, oh my guess God. what? My dog is wearing a turtleneck. We are serving looks. I really, okay, now I'm fully invested in you getting a dog. <laughs> I need this. I need this. The pet would absolutely hate me because they won't be able to walk or move in any of the stuff I put them in, but <laughs> they would be serving looks. Exquisite looks. Why do you think Americans, American families have pets? I mean, disproportionately having more pets than anybody else. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was so disproportionate until in semi-recent semi years. Like, I know a, a good friend of mine is really afraid of dogs, even, like, regardless of, like, the dog being aggressive, just, like, any dog is afraid of dogs. My sister's the exact same way. She will cross the street, mm -hmm. and she will scream at any dog owner who even comes with their dog. Like, you could be a block away. She's going to start screaming at you. My sister's wild. Yeah, this friend grew up in Trinidad, and she was like, people just didn't really have dogs as pets. Like, if they had dogs, it was a guard dog or, like, a working dog. Right. So I didn't really realize this was so much of an American thing. The why is it American family specifically? Maybe you can help me tease out. Like, the reasons people get pets in general are comfort, for companionship, for like we talked about teaching kids responsibility. I mean, there's obviously like service animals, but I don't know that that counts as just a pet. Although I will, this is a departure. There's a woman in my building who is blind, who has what has to be the worst seeing eye dog I have ever encountered. <laughs> the pet. Like service dogs are so well-trained. It's amazing. This dog 
We'll like drag her around. It'll get distracted. It'll like refuse to come to her. It's the worst seeing eye dog I've ever Damn. seen. Yeah, like a bargain, bargain brand seeing eye dog. <laughs> anyway, I also think, and this is again, this is not getting to the American part, but millennials with pets, I feel like because so many millennials are not in a position where they can actually afford to slash are emotionally ready to have children. The pets are the children now. I see. Like when you're ready to like settle down with a person and commit to something, it's a pet. It's not a child. I see. That's interesting. <laughs> I saw a TikTok that said that pets are the new children, plants are the new pets, and candles are the new plants. <laughs> <laughs> the hierarchy. <laughs> the hierarchy. Because people went so nuts with plants during during COVID, especially as if it's not here. But like, honestly, though, that says volumes about my, about my personality because I don't even want plants either. They will <laughs> die. They just I, I don't think I'm a nurturing person in that way. Like I will look at that plant dehydrated and I'd be like, that looks fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess honestly, the American society I think is a very lonely one. Everybody's just, especially you know, if you if you live alone, you're on your own grind. You have other things to worry about. Come home to an empty house. You talk to yourself. Think out loud. Watch a Netflix show. What else? You might as well get a pet. At least a pet will force you to like take them out for walks, and then you can then enjoy the sunshine because you're taking this pet out for a walk, and then so forth and so on. Just to, like. I think it, it can help with stuff like um, depressive episodes and stuff like that. It can also help with exercise mm -hmm. in case like you have a really active dog that'll force you to just not be sedentary at home all the time or stuff like that. Where I'm from, you don't even need a pet. for. If that's the reason you need a pet, you definitely don't need a pet. Because this is something that I think is really weird that when I got to the US, I was like, what? In your neighborhood, you know a few people who you consider really good friends and you literally, mm -hmm. you don't call them, you don't text them in advance. You just walk around the neighborhood, you walk by their house and what do you do? Knock, knock, knock. Hey, I was walking by your house. What are you up to? Nothing. Hey, come join me for the rest of this walk. And just like that, like, because mm. they probably were just home, not doing much, just chilling. Yeah, you drag them out to join you on your walk and you guys just kiki on the walk. You chit chit. You come back and when you cross by the house, you go in there, you have like a, a cup of something and a snack, you kiki some more. And then you leave and go back home. No, no heads up, no nothing. You just, that's like a nice surprise that somebody stopped by to see. Here, if anybody shows up to my door, didn't give me three business months notice. I don't even answer. Worst nightmare. Absolutely I'm not, not doing that. So if I lived in Nigeria for, for a long enough amount of time, I think I'll be amenable to having that be okay. Yeah. Just because that's that's what's acceptable there. It's not, I mean, within reason. If it's somebody I don't like, don't even bother showing up. If it's somebody that I really like, I, I don't mind you stopping by. Especially the person probably understand like not to overstay their welcome and that kind of stuff. But with plants though, I know this is not the plants episode look, but I just imagine... Especially, like, I know a lot of plants that people have at home are not technically flowering plants. There's not a lot of pollen. But if you, had, if you have allergies like me, my dear, <laughs> why? Why this? And also, because I'm already so lazy and my neurosis won't let me rest, imagine having a plant that has really big leaves that gather dust. That's one more thing I have to dust. Because if I see the dust on that, I have to, have to dust it. And if I see one, yeah. one leaf on minute two of wilting, I have to go snatch that entire leaf off the plant. <laughs> This is one more thing I have to worry about. And I just one more thing to be neurotic about. I, I don't need that. This is this is this is not the move for me. But I do whenever I see people who have plants who tend like just this kind of I always love that for them. Like you see them, they know exactly what to do. Like, oh, that leaf looks like it's wilting. They know exactly what to do to fix it. I'm like, I'm so impressed. I love this for you. Me, I would watch it. I will recognize it dying. I wouldn't know what to do. I will watch it until the very dying breath. I told a story about my roommate in college who decided to grow, who decided to grow spices in our apartment in Pittsburgh where the sun don't shine. Oh, and because yeah. the sun don't shine, all of them died. And one of the, the spices he was growing was dill. And the dill needles were just desiccated and it would just shed on my floor. And I'd have to sweep the floor five times a day because of my neurosis. My dear, I just grabbed the trash bag and just squeezed the entire dill plant, made sure all the leaves, uh, the needles <laughs> fell straight into the trash. And they came home and accused me. 
I've told the story before on the podcast. They accused me of killing their plant. I said, look here, motherfucker. I did squeeze the leaves off that plant, but I did kill it. It was already dead. Bitch, you're not gonna sweep the floor? You want me to sweep the floor five times a day? I think the fuck not, you trick ass bitch. So that concludes our episode on pets. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us or message us or let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. Next week, we'll be talking about something that's to be determined, as usual, but we'll definitely let you know, and it'll be great. So until then, peace. <laughs>